We're going to open our Bibles to a, a book we don't explore very often. It's the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. It's Jesus' favorite book. Whenever he, he, uh, he speaks the Word of God, he's usually quoting from Deuteronomy. And so it's, it's worth looking at a key passage, a key text, Before we do that, we're going to pick up in verse 12. I want to bring us up to speed so we know where we are. In the book of Genesis, God makes the heavens and the earth. He makes the people. He establishes a unique relationship with Abram, changes his name to Abraham. And uh, then through Isaac, through Jacob, establishes the tribes of Israel. And they end up in Egypt. Guests in Egypt. Joseph is, has arrived early um, through means he did not expect. As a slave, he's, he is arisen to power, and God uses Egypt to protect them and to provide. Then in Exodus, almost 500 years have gone by, and they're now enslaved in Egypt. And God sends Moses to bring them out of Egypt through a, a series of events, plagues that God sends. And he brings them out of Egypt. He brings them straight to the land that he promised. And they're afraid to go in. He gives them the law. Lots of regulations, lots of rules, which is usually where, when we're reading the early part of the Old Testament, we bog down. So there's a lot of, thou shalt, and thou shalt, you shall not do that. And there's rules for all these offerings. And it gets pretty repetitive and, and pretty redundant. And we focus on the word law and say, well, that doesn't apply to us because we're Christians and it's pretty difficult to follow and and it sounds abstract and vague, uh, so we don't put a lot of priority on it. Then we get back to history in Numbers, where we see them moving through the wilderness, wandering, They, they rebel against God. They come back to God. Uh, He judges and he brings them back. Then we go to Deuteronomy. The name means second law because it repeats the law. But before Moses starts to repeat the, the really detailed laws that we find here, he makes the speech that we're going to read tonight. First, he reminds them that he went up on the mountain and God gave them the Ten Commandments. And then he reminds them that when he came back down from the mountain, they were worshiping a golden calf. That even while God was giving them laws to live by, they were breaking every every covenant their fathers ever had with God by worshiping an idol uh, in a way that was really perverse and immoral. So the response that Moses had was, was rage and anger, and he breaks the tablets made by the very hand of God. He has to go back up the mountain to get new ones. It's interesting, the first time it says, the Lord hewn the tablets out and wrote the law on them. The second time, Moses had to cut his own tablets and bring with him in order to get the law carved on by the hands of God. He, 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 he gave him a freebie the first time, but the next time he's got to bring his own tablets. But he talks about that second set of tablets in the first part of Deuteronomy 10 to remind them that Even in their sin, God was showing them grace. 
even, even though they violated his very first commandment, have no other God before me, even while he's giving the commandment, he gave it again because of grace and mercy. So in verse 12 and following, he's going to talk about the essence of the law because the next 20 chapters are going to be primarily the law, the rules for marriage, warfare, farming, offerings, all, all kinds of things in, impacting every area of their life. The things we think are minute and tedious and don't apply anymore. But before he, he starts in on what the law is, he makes this speech. And this is worth looking at. So we're going to pick up reading in verse 10. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Paul's here. What, is Israel, what does God require of Israel but to love God, to fear God, to walk with God, and to obey God? He's going to give laws, and it's going to be easy for people throughout history to think the law is the point, that being right with God is a matter of, of obeying that law or not obeying it. And none of that is the point. The law is going to be there to determine the priorities of God, but he says, what does he require really? What is it that... That is the priority of God for his people. What does he require but to fear the Lord your God? That is a holy reverence for God. To walk in all his ways and to love him. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. I almost reached back here, but it's gone. It'll be back and, and I'll point at it again. We're going to put it on that side. You're going to keep me on my toes here. And to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes, which I command you today. What God requires is heartfelt obedience based on a real awe, reverence, fear, and love of God. And the commands He gives, He says, are for your good. Now, we're not under these laws. If we read on, we'll see that um, you're not allowed to wear clothing with mixed fabric. If you're wearing a polycotton blend... You're violating the law, okay? But that's good news. We're not under the law. That was for them, and, and there's a reason for that. We don't have to get immersed in obeying the, the individual laws that, that God gave to see that the point of all of this is for our good. He says, indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth that, and all that is in it. He, he owns the heavens and the earth. He, he owns the galaxy. As far out as you could go, as far out as you could see with a telescope, and far beyond, he owns all of that. He, he has better things to do than make up silly rules and have that be the priority. The priority is a love for God, so there's a reason for the rules. They're, they're for your good. All the heavens are His. All the earth is His. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them. Watch this. He's talking to Israel, the chosen people of God, and he says God made a special covenant with Abraham. We're in De 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 Deuteronomy 10, and I'm in verse 15. And he chose their descendants after them, 
You above all peoples as it is this day. God chose the people of Israel for a special relationship to be stewards of His Word so that they could, could give the Word of God to the nations. But lest they think that they're the favorites of God, they're chosen by God. They have a responsibility from God. But he's going to talk about the love he has for all nations. It's always been grace. It's always been love from God to, to the nations. And we see that here. Therefore, he says, circumcise the foreskin of your heart. That is, the, that was the, the, the key mark that set them apart as Jews. And you did that to every boy on the eighth day. And that, that set them apart. And there were people back then, and there were people in the time of Jesus and in the time of Paul who thought, well, I, I've got the mark of being a Jew. I've, that's even in my body. I'm faithful. I'm good. I'm circumcised. And he says it's not the body, it's the heart. And be stiff-necked no longer, proud no longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality. He says God made a special relationship with you, the Jews, through Abraham, but he's not partial. He loves the, we'll find in, in a moment, he loves the stranger. He loves the poor. He loves the widow. He loves the orphan. He has a special responsibility for Israel, but he loves every single person. He administers justice for the fatherless and for the widow. He loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. That is, being part of Israel doesn't mean they're, they're better people than everybody else and they're loved by God in a way that other people are not. In fact, they're called to mediate the love of God to people. Therefore, he says, love the stranger. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve Him. To Him you shall hold fast. Take oaths in His name. He is your praise. And He is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons. And now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. He says, we're about to talk about the law. We're about to repeat all the rules and explain what they mean. But what God really requires is that you fear the Lord. You walk in His ways, you love Him, and you serve Him. That even as He gives the law, it's always been about a heart of obedience to God. Now, skip over. You're going to like this. Skip over all the law and go to Deuteronomy 30. Because we could get bogged down in it. There's a, there's a lot of, of rules and laws that, that don't apply. And even in a world where they did apply, they don't always make good sense to us because we don't understand them. But in Deuteronomy 30, 11, he's, he's repeated the law. He said, if you keep it, I'm, I want to bless you. If you break it, I want to curse you. Okay, because we're all held accountable for the way we live. But here's where I want us to pick up 11. For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It's not in heaven that you 
should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? It's not beyond the sea that you say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. Before and after he gave the law, he talks about what it means and what obedience to God means. It means a love of God. It means a reverence of God. It means a a fear of God. So he says, see, I have set before you today life and death. I'm I'm sorry, life and good, death and evil. He says, I give you choices. Now, their obedience was expressed through the law. Our obedience is expressed through faith. But the requirement, what does God require of you, is reverence, fear, love, and obedience. He says, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. You can pick one, okay? Behind door number one is life and good, and behind door number two is death and evil. Which do you choose? It's okay to answer. I hope I know what you'd say. Yeah, so he says, it's in your hands. It's in our hands how God responds to us, okay? Now, they're talking about the law here in... Deuteronomy 30, and then 16, we apply that in a whole other way than they did. But he says, I give you a choice, life and good or death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, walk in His ways, keep His commandments, His statutes, His judgments, Okay, which sounds just like Deuteronomy 10 that we just looked at that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But, now earlier he said, circumcise your heart, okay, because simple obedience outwardly is not good enough. He wants heart obedience, even under the law even under the rules, even long before Christ, what God expected was faith and obedience from the heart. And here he is again. If your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away. See, he starts with the heart and then he moves to the ears. If your heart turns away so that you don't hear, okay, obviously their ears can hear. It's, it's an inability to hear the wisdom of God, the call of God, the word of God because of a, a proud or cold, or dark, or evil heart. If your heart turns away, so that you don't hear and are drawn away, we follow the heart. If the heart turns, it's not going to be too long before the rest of us follows after. So he says, we guard our hearts because heart obedience is what God is seeking. If if your heart turns away so that you don't hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today, he says, let me be clear. Here's a proclamation. You're going to perish. You will not prolong your days in the land which you go over the Jordan to go in and to possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses. Earlier, he said, he owns all the heavens. He owns all the earth. He says here, I call them as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death the blessing and the curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Watch this. You and your descendants. 
Now, one of the things he's going to talk about in the law is that every person is accountable under God for their own actions. You don't put the son to death for the sins of the father or the father for the sins of the son. So their obedience is not going to be passed on spiritually to those who come after them. You don't get to go to heaven because your parents were godly. God doesn't have grandchildren. God has children. But he says, if you choose life, you and your descendants, because you pass on righteousness which they can see, they can embrace, they can adopt, they can live by. And so they're blessed also. So it matters for our lives how we live under God, but it also it matters for our children. It matters for those who come after us, for those who are watching. That both you and, 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 and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God. And this is what the book is about. It's not about law, it's about a love for God. That you may obey His voice and that you may cling to Him. For He is your life and the length of your days. And that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. So here's what I want us to see. Bookending the summary of the law is love. It's faith obedience. It's choosing a heart that is open and receptive and responsive to God rather than simply externally doing the right things. When he talks about it, he gives all these rules, and some of them, if you break them, you should be put to death. That's stipulated in the law. But he doesn't allow people to imagine that simply checking off the right rules every day, doing the right things externally is ever good enough. He wants hearts aiming at him and not aiming away because then the rest of us moves away also. He wants hearts soft and open to the wisdom of God. And he says that we each have a choice to make. There's life and good. There's death and evil. So what I want us to see is that we live this side of Calvary. We live under the resurrection. We're not under law at all. We're just freely forgiven by the mercy of God. But really, that's how it's always been. Even people who are under the law were under the love of God, and he was calling them into a relationship with him. And that obedience to the law was, was how they expressed that. The law never saved. God saves. And God gives us a decision to make. And as we, as we wrap up a year, head into the new year. It's never too early to begin to think. I mean, it's, it's, it's not early now because it's December, but... Uh, as we're thinking about what our new year will be like, he says, I set before you today a choice. And in, in our new year, in all that we are and in all that we do, we have decisions to make. There's life and good, there's evil and death. And he calls us to a heart of obedience. To love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgment, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God bless you. That's God's desire. He says, choose life. We're not under law, but we're called to obedience from the heart. 
Will you join me as we pray? Our Father, we thank you. We thank you we're not under law, but under grace. It's wonderful to be alive in the era in which you pour your spirit out upon your people in a way that you never did under law. We thank you that we don't have to bring offerings year after year to atone for sin because the one spotless Lamb of God has offered himself. Thank you. That, Lord, even to the people under law, you desired a heart of obedience. How much more then do you desire that of us? That we love you, that we serve you, that we, we walk in your ways and we obey your word. Help us to be faithful obedience uh, servants who serve you out of love, who obey not for fear of judgment, but because we've tasted grace and we know you're worthy. Help us to choose life from the heart into our words, into our actions, that we might honor you in Jesus' name.